Hello, and welcome to Cursed Content Fight Club, a uh, uh, part two of this particular fight club. Uh, I am your host, Mr. Feelstone, and with me as always are my uh, co-hosts, Dan and Bob Video Slate from uh, gigaboulders.com. Bob, what are you doing? <laughs> Eating these boulders? <laughs> KZ Roxalent from kzroxalent.com. I sign things without reading them. And Dr. Cragrow, uh, a pun Dan should have used in the previous two uh, podcasts where we did this. <laughs> <laughs> Additional mineral-based joke from the 90s. Oh, thank you. And since the last uh, movie was the Honeymooners movie, we're doing the Flintstones one from 1994. Uh, did you know Steven Spielberg produced this? Uh, yes, he actually uh, gaslit John Goodman into being Fred Flintstone. <laughs> I'm not even what kidding. He fuck? literally announced it in front of a crowd of people, and John Goodman's like, excuse you? <laughs> <laughs> He's well, now you have to say yes, right? He's still pissed to this day. That <laughs> makes sense. I'm glad he did it. He's like, I stopped enjoying the Flintstones in the fifth grade. I did not want to do that movie. I called him up months before we went to film, drunk, telling him I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Jesus. This is great. <laughs> Holy shit. So this movie came out in 1994. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park came out in 1993 and was also oh, made no. by Steven Spielberg. Uh-huh. They made this movie because Steven Spielberg was like, well, now that we can do dinosaurs, we can do the Flintstones movie. <laughs> at some level, that is kind of what happened, yeah. And I look at Dino and go, maybe not. <laughs> hey, for 1994, that was insane. Yeah, they keep mixing the practicals and the CG pretty well. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I thought this was 1997 or 8. Yeah, no, it's 94. Yeah, it was 94. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Never mind. <laughs> This movie's insane because, like, every single shot is like, wow, you made so much shit. I know. Yes. Yeah, that they have that whole street. Like three or four universal parks worth of sets. Yes, that's also what I was thinking. I was like, man, this seems almost like a waste that it wasn't a universal park street. Yeah. I, it just wasn't big enough, unfortunately. Now, if this happened nowadays, I'm sure we would have a Flintstones uh, yeah. park. Probably. Uh, yeah, go go over there, yeah, gas, up at, gas up at Chevrock. Now let's. Uh, now I guess I'll talk about this movie a little bit. We'll do like we did last time. Give a brief summary, not a not a not a chugging bleacher mondo cool level summary, but a brief summary. Uh, so uh, this movie opens with uh, the villain Cliff Vandercave, who is fucking uh, <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin, fucking Agent Cooper from <laughs> Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, the the entire film, I, the entire oh. film, I was mistaking who he was till the very end, thinking he was Charlie Sheen. They do, they do look slightly similar, but yeah, I was losing it the whole movie because I'm like, wow, this is a really funny role for Kyle McLeod. <laughs> um, Hal Berry is his secretary, and boy, did I double take when she walked into frame. <laughs> yeah, because they do like part of the credits before that scene, and then part after. So I was like, I didn't see Halle Berry in those, but she's. A huge celebrity. She would clearly a top billing, and then immediately they put was, her name up. Was after she that. a huge celebrity then? What was like the first thing she did? I don't think I, she was a huge celebrity until like X Men. Yeah, not. she was. She was on the way up when this happened. Um, yeah, yeah her, this was like before she got an Oscar. Or 
Yeah, her uh, her literal career starts in '89, so that's this isn't that much after the very beginning. Okay, seemingly they're talking about how they're gonna they're gonna steal all of Mister Slate's money, and uh, and then take the money and then run away. Then we get a pretty good scene. We get a pretty good scene of uh, Fred Fred and Barney driving to work. Mm-hmm. They're uh, uh, Fred Flintstone is John Goodman, and Barney Rubble is fucking Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who? Which I really like this casting, and I think they do like I they add ju- they it try to impersonate the voice the cartoon just enough for it to be really funny, especially yeah. Mick, Rick Moranis who is really trying to be Barney esque. <laughs> yeah, it, it's surprising how perfect that is because I feel like he wouldn't expect it from Mick, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like, like it's he's sort of doing like he's not doing a Barney impression. He's adopting Barney esque mannerisms yes. and is equally as lovable. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so they're having a conversation about uh, Fred gave Barney uh, their light him and Wilma's life savings so that they had had the money to adopt a kid. Which what the fuck? It's <laughs> <laughs> such a weird opening plot point. Yeah. It's like, why do you need so much money? You're straight. <laughs> we get like a scene of them at work. Uh, by the way, this movie opens. It opens with a recreation of the first half of the cartoon intro, like with John Goodman sliding down the yeah. dinosaur tail into his car and all that, which isn't actually part of the movie. It's very yeah. bizarre. It's very bizarre mm-hmm. that they open with that. But I guess that was the idea behind the original intro but it's just weirder when it's in a movie um it, yeah that's when they say steven spielrock presents and they yeah, have which a, I thought was funny. gorge lucas's tar wars presented by universal <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't stop no never <laughs> one might call it unrelenting never that <laughs> it's done so well it's a kind of creepy like you don't think that you <laughs> it's 1994 you shouldn't look like this oh, okay i thought you were talking about the puns i'm like no. bob's crafting the background story for a fucking sociopath who spent his entire life up until this moment being like flintstones names gotta think of flintstones names. <laughs> yes, like this is an early 90s studio comedy movie writer's room set free Yes, but yeah, I I agree with you, Bob. The the intro uh, is really well done in a way that's unsettling. <laughs> like the they have a slide down the uh, the dinosaur to get off from work, mm-hmm. and that just looks yeah like unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like George of the Jungle. <laughs> oh, not George of the Jungle. Uh, Tarzan Disney, <laughs> where he could like slide down oh, things. Yeah. Could you imagine they do a shot in this where his feet just keep going along the tail as it, like, whips around and stuff? (laughs) Right? I was expecting it, honestly. (laughs) The Phil Collins soundtrack kicks in. (laughs) Yeah, this, uh... I think the easiest way to convey how it's, like, incredibly impressive to an almost unsettling extent, at least this was the case for me as a kid, uh, that, that that TV show Dinosaurs... Uh, where they have all the animatronics. Yeah, yeah, it it has that energy of like, you put so much effort into making this look real and it only makes it more unsettling. (laughs) Yeah, it's what made that show great. great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's what's make the effects of this movie really great. And then the end of the Flintstones movie, they go, well, the Ice Age is about to get (laughs) time to die. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's a messed up ending of that show. Jesus. <laughs> Spoilers, by uh, the way, uh, for the TV show Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> so they go home. I, I guess. I guess it does lead. I guess it does uh, lead into the movie because he's going home. He's not going to work. Right. So it kind of works, but it's not a hundred percent. Not a hundred percent. So uh, Fred gets home and gets his fucking shit ruined by Dino, who just runs in and tackles him. Uh. Wilma's like, Fred, where, where's the money from our account? I was going to buy a garbage disposal. And I'm like, no, you should rip that out and never have a garbage disposal. They're all pieces of shit. <laughs> and, and, uh, but then we get to see it. <laughs> and it is a piece of shit. It, it, it is. It's like, it's like a monster. <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking Baron Harkonnen under their sink. Here's the funny thing. We did two different episodes uh, of the Flintstones, right? Neither of them had the gag that they should have, which this does, where it's just, here's the garbage disposal, it's a dinosaur, here's the shower. It's, I guess they had the mammoth, right? Yeah, they had the we mammoth, We had the mammoth shower in one yeah. of them. But I feel like we were really light on those jokes in the two episodes we were watching. Right, they didn't yeah, have this any one of has the, like 800 of them. <laughs> right, and we didn't have any of that joke of, oh, it's a living from the dinosaur <laughs> that is upset that it's being doing this. Yes. Uh, I do appreciate this garbage disposal's not working. Fred's like, hey, I'm going to fix this. And just shoves his whole arm into the dinosaur to pull out a bent fork. Um, yeah, that's how you fix a garbage disposal. Was bef- the, in that last scene with Barney and uh, Fred in the car. Yeah. That is straight a scene that we saw in the Honeymooners, I swear. Yeah, yeah I was yes. losing my mind at the idea of, so this entire scene is about Fred giving savings to someone else and she can't find why are we watching the same thing I mean, every he, single week until we're dead uh he literally does the exact rant from the bensonhurst bomber where he goes yeah and there's an extra layer to this right because i didn't point this out that many episodes ago because it's a very it's a very small joke but when uh, uh oh god what's the name of the, harvey when harvey comes out okay he's like the small one goes, yeah, he said he was going to beat you and me up. And Harvey goes, he says it's going to beat me. And then he points at the other one and he goes, and you? And he points at himself up. And this repeats the same joke. Fred thumbs at Barney to say me and then at himself to say you. And I'm like, Fred, Fred, John Goodman just fucking watched The Honeymooners because his <laughs> performance here is straight up Jackie Gleason. Like, it's even well, more so the, than of usual. Course, of course, there's literally no way he didn't watch both extensively <laughs> yeah. for this movie. It is cute how they lean into The Honeymooners for this movie. It's it's uh, it's funny as shit. <laughs> so, so, so Wilma's like, Fred, where's the money? And uh, he confesses and is like, go ahead, Wilma, yell at me, read me the riot act. And of course, she doesn't yell at him. She's uh, very impressed that he's so kind. And then, Fred's, and then Fred goes, also, I bought a new bowling ball. <laughs> and then stealth kills her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a scene of Barney and Betty. Betty is fucking Rosie O'Donnell, who does spectacular, that to laugh, be frank. That laugh is unsettling. Like, it genuinely unnerved it me is perfect. every time they did it. It is completely <laughs> perfect. That's why that's a problem. I've never heard another human being nail the Betty Rebel laugh that well. <laughs> uh, and they meet they meet Bam Bam, who was raised by wild mastodons, which is why he's like a wild child and super strong. There's a quick joke here uh, I have to put a nod to. They're at the adoption agency. They're like, oh, let's bring out your child. And they bring out a monkey and they're like, okay, he's a little feral. He'll, he'll be fine. And they go, this isn't your child. This is the Hendersons. And I'm like, is that a is that a 
Harold Fuck you. And Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> joke? <laughs> yes, it is. God <laughs> damn it. God damn it, Dan. Literally, we're sitting watching this, and we're just like blank staring at you. He's like, feels the only one who's going to enjoy this joke with me. <laughs> and, and that's because I forgot Agra was going to be there, and I was like, Agra is going to get it too. <laughs> It's just the three of us being like, fucking joke, fucking end. <laughs> yeah, Harry the Hendersons reference. Nice, hot, rip, roaring <laughs> reference there. <laughs> hey, that show was almost contemporary when they, <laughs> they back then. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, uh, so, so Fred and Barney are at the bowling alley, which is like a gigantic fucking set piece. It seems like it's from an amusement park. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like I love, how extensive it is. I love how immaculate it is and the fact that it's a bowling alley with three lanes. I actually didn't even uh, notice that. Ki- I was too caught up on This is a real location they built. Yeah, right? it, They're not standing on 12 feet of it and the rest is a blue screen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kept thinking like, wow, they're, they're, if they made this movie now, it would just look like Netflix Bebop. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wild times, big budget '90s movies. Everything in this movie is real, which, regard regardless of the quality of the movie, like elevates the movie. It's better mm-hmm. to watch something that's real. Uh, so, so, so Fred has to get a strike to win the big tournament. Uh, they're playing against Neanderthals, which apparently aren't allowed in the water buffaloes anymore, according to his earlier scene. <laughs> Where Fred's like, "No, we don't let them in no more." So, uh. <laughs> So, hmm, hmm, Fred. Uh, he he literally does the thing Fred does in the cartoon where he, like, goes on his tiptoes and it plays the twinkle toes effect, yeah. sound oh, yeah. effect. Uh, so he gets the strike. The, the water buffaloes win. Barney reads a poem about how Fred is the greatest friend anybody could ever have, and he vows he'll pay Fred back for all his generosity somehow. They have a, they have, they have a, uh, a good moment where Fred cries a little bit. <laughs> He, he cries baby oil. Yeah. Uh, this seems uh, important because one thing, two things. One, Fred's a flat earther. <laughs> well, well, everybody is. That's the joke. Yeah, that is the joke. Uh, t- two, the song at the bowling alley is straight up the same one they ripped off for Ren and Stimpy. Or the Ren and Stimpy intro is the original song licensed. And this is a knockoff of that. And it drove me fucking insane. Oh. I'm like, Jesus. So Fred goes home, and he's like, wow, what a great night. I have this trophy. Oh, everything's great. Uh, and then finds out his mother-in-law, Pearl, is there, who is with, and who is Elizabeth Taylor, and this is mm-hmm. the last movie she was ever in. I did not know it was the last oh, wow. one. Wow. Uh, it, it's the typical mother-in-law shit in a sitcom. You're worthless and fat, and I hate you, and I wish my daughter had married a rich guy. And you're fat, and, and you're fat. And you're fat, and you're fat, and you're fat. Uh, Wilma, you could have married the guy who married a wheel, uh, but instead you invented married the man the who invented the wheel. The wheel. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could have married the man who invented the wheel. Instead, yeah. you married the man who invented the excuse. Yes, exactly. And just, and <laughs> Isn't the guy who invented the wheel Firestone? Yeah, it's Elliot Firestone. <laughs> Inventor of the wheel, and frankly, uh, frankly, Wilma, Wilma, why did you tell her what he did? Like, do you not, Wilma? Do you not know your own mom? Because <laughs> she she told her that Fred gave away their savings so Barney could adopt a kid. And why did you tell her that? You knew? She, did you think she would go? Oh, you married such a kind, generous man. She, she all she cares about is how much money he has at the bank. Feel I've 
been in relationships <laughs> where the other person involved has a compulsive need to tell their mother everything despite them knowing that that will absolutely make them miserable. So this seems like a thing that would happen. <laughs> uh, they argue some for a while. Fred says that someday he's going to be a real somebody and give Wilma the life they deserve. Because um, it was the 90s and people believed shit like that. Yeah, people <laughs> yeah, believed that uh, upward social mobility was possible. Then something about Bing Bang right to the moon. <laughs> Fred and Barney are at work the next day. We get we get one of those Earth's so living moments because somebody buys a soda from the soda machine, which they they had like giant stone bottles made for every drink in this movie. Yeah, yeah. This movie is nothing but an insane amount of props and sets. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, the, the the parrot. They, there's a like a bird in the machine that is the bottle opener. Mm -hmm. So somebody pops the bottle on the uh, Bernie's like it's still over. Like, like not the mechanism that sorts and distributes the product. No, the bottle opener. Yeah, yes. just the bottle opener. <laughs> so they're eating lunch with everybody else. Cliff Vandercave, the villain, comes out and is like, "We're starting the new executive placement program, an aptitude test where." Uh, one person, one dumb moron down here in the quarry will be made a vice president and given an obscene salary and a shiny nameplate. Real quick, the intro to the scene is he's like, we have something important to announce. And one of the workers goes, did you find out why the guys in Pit 6 are losing their hair? And he goes, yes, and we are currently refuting the results of that investigation. <laughs> God. Like, God, this movie's writing is good. There, there are a few 10 out of 10 jokes in this movie. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> So Fred's like, oh, this is my way to be somebody. Uh, and and Vandercave is doing this because he needs a patsy to steal all the money. Like he's his plan is we're going to raise a moron to executive, have them embezzle all the money. We take the money and they go to jail. That's his plan. Yeah, that's the villain's plan. So uh, Fred starts crazy studying for the test. Uh, Wilma and Betty are doing laundry while uh, <laughs> while talking about it. Uh, Betty goes. I haven't seen Fred this excited about something you couldn't put mayonnaise on. <laughs> don't don't keep doing that. <laughs> Look, they were especially bitchy in this scene. What do you want? I just, I just don't want to hear them. <laughs> so it's the day of the test. It, it's like a standardized test. Uh, everybody's doing it. Fred does fucking terribly, and Barney Bar Barney is apparently a super genius. Uh, uh, the timer's up. They have to turn their tests in. Bar Barney realizes that Fred got like the worst possible score. It's like, yeah, he, oh, did. Man, he takes one look at the fucking application, looks at Fred, and is just like, ah, oh, Jesus. And he's like, did you, why did you answer C for every option? So, so Barney Barney swaps their tests. To, you know, because he has like he has like a thought bubble remembering himself saying that sometime he someday he would pay Fred back. When he does this, he 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 coughs and fake drops the tablets, reaches down to pick it up. I freeze frame the movie. Fred gave up and did tic-tac-toe at the bottom of his. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Vandercave and and Miss Stone, who is Halle Berry, are like, how do you how do you mean Fred got the highest? He's he's like a giant ape. I was like, no, the giant ape was this other guy. Guess he's smarter than we thought he was. Here, here's the thing. They keep going with, like, Fred Fred scored so low. Mm -hmm. But it's like, 
nothing in the movie makes Fred come off as stupid. So it just seems like a weird thing to make him the dumbest one. Look, if the quest was the the test was full of questions like supply and demand and a bunch of other things like that. You don't necessarily yeah, have to be dumb to not understand that. Yeah, but but um, but, but, but th- like the characters keep acting like Fred is just obviously the biggest moron to have that's ever true later in the movie they 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 have that conversation again of like fred flintstone's smarter than we thought he was and then they go well yeah obviously he gets dressed in the morning yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like mean, he could get he could dress himself that that clearly puts him above my opinion right but the, again this is people like the the main villain who just obviously everyone who's poor is stupid yes <laughs> like that's his opinion kind of kind of also the same bad guy from the honeymooners kind of yes <laughs> yeah but more but more obviously evil he was the bad guy from that decade <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this movie is from the 90s where we thought that the only thing stopping uh big business from being punished is that nobody had proof they were doing crimes <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, 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 Cliff Vandercave comes out and is like, Fred's the winner, and everybody's surprised, and they celebrate. Uh, he gets ready. He gets Fred gets up the next day and is ready for his first day as vice president. He puts on a great zebra-striped suit and a tie. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that even the suits don't have sleeves. Even yes. the villain's suit does not have sleeves. Yes, so, that's you know. great. <laughs> uh Fred's like, don't worry, Barney. I'm not going to be one of those people who makes it big and forgets all the people who got me there. I'm going to make things better for the you guys who are still down here in the quarry. Now, can I, can, can I have some money for lunch? I forgot my wallet. And he's like, oh, this doesn't change anything. <laughs> uh, Fred enters the building and is surprised, which, by the way, is another insane set. They made like a Stone Age yeah really expensive looking office building it's crazy with yeah the, and as elevator and everything and as it shows the set it plays yet another remix of the flintstones and i'm like this is so many remixes am i, I listening to see the gunner uh, yeah it was like 15 <laughs> of them i feel like yeah it was hilarious so they, they uh he takes fred to his office and introduces him to halle berry who's his new secretary introduces him to his uh his dick bird which is yeah. like a which is like a recorder, but a bird. And, and the bird also offers advice, but Fred is like, "Why would I take advice from an appliance?" So I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I was the only one in the room who noticed because no one else said a single word once he started talking. Uh, Agro, did you notice who plays the dicta bird? Oh yeah, that's straight up Harvey Corman. It is the great Gazoo. Gazoo. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. oh, no. God damn it! I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my oh god man, it's so obvious <laughs> god damn it yep. he, he, d- yep. he stopped just shy of calling him dumb dumb uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice calls Fred an idiot you yep. re- man this, you really just put the pipe bomb in my mailbox with that one <laughs> we have no evidence that that bird isn't also secretly the great gazoo <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah, I I love the Dicta Bird. It's one of the best characters in this. He's funny as hell. I I d- considering we came from that episode of the Great Gazoo to this, I'm like, what an upgrade! He's a bird now. <laughs> so, uh, we we cut to Cliff Vandercave's office. Uh, they're they're getting the documents ready for Fred to sign to fuck him over. But Vandercave is like, 
we have to make sure he's an idiot and completely out of the palm of our hands. So we have to condition him to do whatever we want. So we have to tell him to fire the person who scored lowest, Barney. Which means Fred scored lowest, which is like, there was literal, like, gorillas taking this test. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They at least finished all of the questions and didn't play tic-tac-toe. <laughs> Oh yeah, we didn't talk about the gag of the the monkeys filling out the test. One of the one of the more uh, angular headed people just starts looking at his test to cheat off the monkey, and the monkey's like, "No," and covers it. It's like, "Yo, a trained animal. This rules." Yeah. Uh, Fred get Fred is like, "I don't want to fire Barney," and Vandercave's like, "If you don't fire Barney, I'm gonna fire you both." So Fred is all all disrot and goes home where they're having a party to celebrate his promotion and and Barney is there and try and and uh, Wilma's mom is now completely different in her treatment of Fred because she's a piece of shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and and Fred tries to uh, for, uh and Barney's going to giving Fred like an expensive briefcase. He's like you're going to need this with your new your new uh fancy guy job and Bar- Fred's like no Barn, I can't I can't keep I can't take this from you Barn. He's like well, why can't you take it from me, Fred? And he's like, because you can't afford it. And I was like, what do you mean? Because you're fired. And Wilma's mom seems really into this. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is super into this public humility. Like, what a horrible person. Yeah, she's like, conga line time. <laughs> uh, so so Barney's like, hey, Fred, why was I fired? And he's like, because you, you got the lowest score, Barney. And Barney's like, oh. <laughs> uh, Wilma and Betty are shopping the next day. Bam Bam destroys like a china shop. The editing on this we, was we get, immaculate. We get, we get like a POV shot of Bam Bam running at the camera, swinging the club, and we know he's heading into the china shop. But he's like, no! And then there's a bunch of glass breaking. Yeah, Betty screaming no in slow motion was incredible. I'm like, this is so hilarious. And then the scene ends like well, like pacing wise. It's like, oh, we didn't hang out here for an extra minute or two. <laughs> thank you thank you for doing a joke and moving on uh so Wilma's like don't worry Betty just because you're now poor doesn't mean you're gonna lose the kids and, and, uh, social services gets cut so much nobody's even gonna check on him <laughs> <laughs> so could you imagine if they said that <laughs> they should have I know uh, <laughs> so, so uh it's Slate and Co they're having like a meeting Miss uh Vandercave like Reveals a giant piece of machinery that will be able to construct modular like modular homes. housing ha- housing units, some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then later in Fred's office, Halle Berry shows up with the documents Fred needs to sign. Fred's like, oh, "Hey, I, I should read these documents. You know, contractors are real scumbags. You got to read everything you sign." And she's like, "Oh fuck, he's he's not supposed to even know how to read. I better seduce him." <laughs> <laughs> And Fred seems like maybe a little bit receptive to it, but but then Wilma just shows up. <laughs> it's like and it's like, hey Fred, uh, why don't we let the rubbles live with us? You know, since they're poor and everything. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, because she walks in to to the secretary on his desk, and he he gets up, and I swear to God, he could have talked his way out of that situation just fine. But the man crosses the room and forgets his daughter's name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that also, was dire. also, he calls Wilma Mrs. Flagstone because they misremembered <laughs> his name at the meeting. Yeah, because Mr. Slate doesn't know his name. 
There's also there's also a, during that scene where they get Bam Bam out of prison and uh, Wilma and Betty are at the park for some reason. After the conversation of like, oh, how are we going to deal with this, et cetera, et cetera. A giant pterodactyl shows up and takes a giant shit. Yeah, and it, he shits on it's just It's on like, why did this <laughs> I <laughs> thought that was leading to anything. And then it just, then it got just cuts just, away. Cuts away and never I mentioned again. I was most again. surprised that it was like miniature work and they didn't actually produce that much fake pterodactyl shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They spent so much money on everything else. <laughs> Uh, so so Fred's in the meeting room looking out the window and everybody having fun being poor. He's like, I miss being poor, kinda. Then he breaks <laughs> the model, like he's playing with it and he fucks up the model. Yeah, he's, he's like, I didn't do it. When messes, Halle Berry shows up, he messes with the catapult and it launches a boulder to the other side and breaks it down. And he's like, Oh shit! He's like, I better pretend I didn't do anything. <laughs> and uh, Halle Berry's like, Halle Berry obviously knows he did it and pretends not to know. Yes. <laughs> Uh, she's like, uh, Fred's like, hey, 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 Miss Stone, uh, does industrialization have a negative effect on the power of blue collar workers? She's like, no, Fred, no, this this totally isn't going to put all your friends out of a job. No, of, of course not. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. Fred is so genuine in this somehow with his concerns that uh, Halle Berry goes back to Cliff Vandercave and is like, He's too smart. This could go wrong. We should we should stop. We should call this whole scheme off and only be rich instead of exorbitantly rich. Yeah, there's also at the at the end of the meeting room scene, uh she's like you're a really great guy, Fred, and he goes, "Thanks." Because he 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 loves his wife. She immediately goes to piece of shit Whiteman, the one from this movie, not the honeymooners. And then he just womanizes it instantly. <laughs> he's just yeah. like, he's like, uh, how about you stop doing the thinking? Cause I've done enough. <laughs> I, 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 co I compared the, the evil white guy from the honeymooners to an OCP executive, but this dude is just explicitly like a G rated OCP executive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is a Disney channel kids rule movie villain. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> Uh, he's like, oh, don't, all we gotta do is make turn Fred into a scumbag. So they give Fred a bonus, which is like an unbelievably massive sum of money. Yes. Uh, so so we get like a montage and Fred squandering the money on like a car and house remodeling and new clothes. And of course we hear another remix of the Flintstones theme. <laughs> <laughs> and it's intercut with like a Barney montage where he's doing all kinds of horrible jobs. Like in one, he's like the attendant at a gas station, which for some reason involves feet washing duty. I mean, which it's is like washing the windshield. Yeah. But, oh, it's their feet. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but he's not washing the driver's feet. He's washing the, like the, I guess they both have to pedal. Yeah, everybody like, pedals. <laughs> everybody yeah, pedals. Yeah, because even when they show and, like public transit, everyone has to start it up together. <laughs> that's really good too, because it's like, okay, everyone all together now. And I'm like, oh, that's God, this movie. <laughs> and I'm not sure about this. I think that the thing, because Barney washes the feet with a hose, which mm -hmm. is like a Mastodon nose, and like a thing on a stick. Was the thing on the stick like a modification of the dinosaurs TV show Baby? I 
eat because it looked really close. I did not look at that closely enough. <laughs> I I couldn't f- pick it up all that fast. Like it seemed to be some pink worm like thing wrapped around a stick. I I really couldn't look at it. It came and went fast. Uh, and and Barney has some other bad jobs. Like I think he's a crash test dummy. Yes, he's a crash <laughs> test dummy at the end of the montage. So it ends with him just screaming and going downhill into a wall. Uh, Barney and Betty are like, oh, the Flintstones are, are rich pieces of shit now. Maybe we shouldn't hang out with them anymore. Uh, meanwhile, Fred's being a piece of shit in his office, and it's like, I'm going to take Wilma to Cavern on the Green. And uh, <laughs> and then Vander Cave shows up with like all the forged documents and is like, Fred, I need you to sign these to make sure your employees get some, looks directly at the camera, well-needed time off. <laughs> they are all pink. <laughs> yes. They are all pink, and the dicta bird's like, mm, you better read those before signing them, dum-dum. And Fred's like, no, <laughs> fuck you, fuck, <laughs> fuck you, washing machine, and then, and then signs all of them. <laughs> At Cavern on the Green, Fred and Wilma are living it up. Uh, Betty is not having a good time, probably because Barney is now a busboy. Yeah. Uh, it comes on the news <sighs> that Fred fired every... They announced on the news that Fred fired everybody and people are now rioting. <laughs> Which, uh, I, I think even in the 90s, like, the auto factory shutting down was, like, 25 years out of date. as like, a thing that was happening. <laughs> and it's like, no, we, we, shipped all, we shipped all that shit offshore in the 70s. We sold out the future way before you thought, man. <sighs> Most of the people watching watching this movie's never lived in a time where the future hadn't already been sold. <laughs> uh, there's like the big explosion. There's the bitter argument. Barney's like, "You're a fucking idiot. You're not. You're not really, you know, a smart executive." That w- I swapped the test. You should have been the one fired. Fred lashes out. Wilma's like, "I'm taking Pebbles and Dino to my mom's house, including the dog, which is fucked up. Taking Dino seems seems cruel." <laughs> yeah, uh, clearly Fred is not to be trusted with Dino. <laughs> During the scene, Fred, because because well, there's the part where uh, Betty and uh, Barney move out, and Fred doesn't move an inch to to try to make amends or anything. They move out. Once that finishes, Wilma gets pissed that he just let them go, and then she leaves, and Fred just starts yelling at her that she's gonna she's gonna regret it, and he says her name is Wilma Slaghoople. Mm-hmm. Her maiden yeah, that's name her, that's is. Her maiden name. I did not know it was Slaghoople. <laughs> yeah. I'm like what? He's like, you're gonna regret it, Wilma Slaghoople. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> I, I like how I like how he like started from. Well, obviously she's gonna divorce me. <laughs> like I might as well just start using her maiden name again. <laughs> yeah, that's a great mode to go into. Uh, so Fred goes to work the next day, and everybody wants to kill him. And he heads, uh, he, he goes into the file room and finds all the real documents. And says, I understand the whole plot. And then, uh, and then Vander Cave is like, okay, you don't have any evidence and everything ha- has your name on it. Uh, you should probably run because the police are going to be here soon because I already called them. There's a fantastic line between Fred and the dick to bird as he realizes this where he goes, they made a fool out of me. And he goes, well, look at what they had to work with. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Knowing that, realizing that it's the Great Kazoo adds a lot. Yeah, I'm so glad that I did know at the time. 
So so Fred's Fred is now a criminal and he's out and run and he's hiding in a hotel. A news broadcast shows like a comically not Fred actor playing Fred. <laughs> it's really we, we gotta talk about this. Yes, so it's so it's an unsolved mysteries. We're gonna show a dramatization of what happened scene. The host of the show is Jay Leno. <laughs> they cut to the wide <laughs> shot of the office, which is supposed to have Cliff Vandercave, Fred Flintstone, and Sharon Stone, which is Halle Berry. Sharon Stone's actress, I don't know, amazing for this dramatization. Fred Flintstone, don't know him either, but he's over the top. The important thing, though, is Cliff Vandercave is only ever seen in the wide shot and is Sam fucking Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we Jesus. saw that in the credits and then had to run back. <laughs> fucking the fucking uh, Sharon Stone's just like, Mr. Flintstone, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm an executive. I'm embezzling. And she goes, I'm shocked. And he goes, who cares? Yabba dabba dabba. <laughs> <laughs> I died when it was like on our last watch of it. Bob starts losing, and I'm like, "What's what's up?" He's like, "That's supposed to be Halle Berry, right?" <laughs> yes, yeah, it's the, the, the actress is so looks, far removed. I didn't even notice. Like it's like it's so just, wrong that he didn't get what they were she, doing with that. She's an incredibly short, poorly black woman, and she's just her <laughs> acting is so terrible, and it's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to think about that. I'm embezzling Clint forever. <laughs> God. every I can't think of it without laughing. Uh, so, so they cut from Fred seeing that on a TV to Fred's house. And at Fred's house, or I guess Fred's, uh, Wilma's mom's house. Right. Wilma and Wilma's mom are watching it. And Wilma's mom's like, I can't believe you married that man. And what was it? Wilma goes, That's not Fred. And then Betty goes, No, that's the guy who plays on this soap we watch. The young and the thumbless. Yes, the young and the thumbless. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that was important. It was nonstop. They're, they're like, they're like, wait, wait. I remember there's a dick to bird in Fred's office. We, we better go. We better go get it. So we can clear Fred's name. Obviously, he's not actually an investor. I couldn't have married a piece of shit. We, we're going to go get that bird, and we're going to ask it for a new car in the patio set. <laughs> 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 a bunch of money. <laughs> so, so Fred, who is now in a disguise, is uh, in a ref. Is, he, like, finds a cave to, to hide out in. There's a bunch of the employees who are fired. And they're like, yeah, are you one of the guys who was fired, too? And he's like, Yes. I am, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but he but he fucks up and gives himself away, and everybody's like, "Kill him!" Uh, he gets fully exposed by his by own garbage, garbage disposal, disposal that, that they threw out. Out. Who can talk? He goes, "Fudge!" Well, of course they can talk. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame him. Like the scene where they're pulling that garbage disposal out from under the sink. Kicking and screaming will give me nightmares. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I'm an empath. I felt it. <laughs> I, I really appreciate the sign that the garbage disposal says will work for scraps. Yes. Uh, I'm like, ah, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, so Fred's running away. Wilma and Betty go to the office and get the dick to bird. Uh, Vander Cave and Miss Stone are getting ready to escape. Uh, Halle Berry finds out that there was only one ticket to the escape location, a Rockapulco. <laughs> And is like, oh, oh, wow, the, the evil white man was going to betray me. Uh, th they hear Wilma and Betty leaving and see them uh, see them running. And he's like, oh, shit, they're, they're going to ruin us. Don't worry. I have a plan. I have a devious plan. 
Mm. Uh, meanwhile, Fred got caught, and they're just going to lynch him. Oh, it's so good. Uh, this yeah, is literally the f- this has the funniest joke in the whole movie. Fred yells at the crowd. He goes, I was framed. And someone goes, in a minute, you're going to be boxed. <laughs> <laughs> the, they are about to hang him by the neck. Uh, and, and then Barney shows up in a snow cone truck. <laughs> yes. yes. Fred, what are you doing? I'm getting lynched. <laughs> I feel like I lost vision. I was like, what is this dialogue? Perfect. Uh, Barney fucks up and admits that he's also partially responsible for this. For they so they start hanging him. Uh, the crowd also st- the crowd also starts like scavenging from the snow cone truck. And well, Barney's like, man, why couldn't sales be this good every day? It's, yeah, it's, they, 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 they so take good. some, but they still pay for yeah. it. Like, they leave the money, I guess. <laughs> they're, they're hooked up. They're about to be hung. And the lady comes up and goes, I took a cherry and offers money. B- Barney just goes, uh, I can't take a 20. And she walks off. And they keep having their heartfelt, you know, coming to God moment together, Fred and Barney do. Another one comes up and says, you got a lemon? And he goes, check in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, he's feeling down on himself. And they're like, I'm sorry, Barney. Oh, I'm sorry, Fred. Oh, I'm a piece of shit. No, I'm a piece of shit. And they do like the crying and the cartoon. No, I, you know, you're the best friend I could ever have, Barney. No, you are, Fred. <laughs> and Barney's like, uh, and Fred's like, Barney, you're a great guy. And Barney looks up at the rope and is like, I don't really feel that great right now. <laughs> and Fred says, I'm just a jerk. And Barney goes, everybody loves you, Fred, except for this lynch mob. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But uh, right before they get lifted up and hung, Wilma and Betty show up and drive into the tree and knock it down. Yes, they they start driving through the crowd. People are freaking out, and one person yells, "Watch out for that tree!" And I have a stroke. Mm-hmm. I'm like George of the Jungle reference. Harry in the end, <laughs> losing vision. You're a puddle on the floor. Fred is forced to say say sorry to the dicta bird before it will help him. Uh, and then the mob realizes that oh the evil white man was the villain so they let they let him go. Uh, they get back home and find the kids are gone with uh, Wilma's mom and Dino are tied up and a note saying uh, if you want to see your kids again you better bring the bring the dictabird to the quarry no police. <laughs> Both Fred and Wilma step past Wilma's mother being tied up on the ground. <laughs> Wilma goes to check for the kids. Fred steps back to untie Dino. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Perfect. <laughs> they go to uh, they go to the quarry to get the kids back. And we begin what might be like the most children's summer blockbuster foster action climax scene of any movie. Of course. Oh, it, yes. Every I, single one of them have conveyor belts. At the beginning of this like, scene, <laughs> they yell at him. They're like, where are the kids? And I'm like, it's going to pan up to the Spider-Man one bridge. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of 90s kids movies that have some sort of set piece with a conveyor belt is way higher than 10. Yeah, I didn't Whataburger also end with some weird or conveyor belt shit. Not Whataburger. Sorry, sorry, good <laughs> didn't Whataburger. Yes, good, good, good Burger had the burger had the burger Jesus. conveyor belt, but it didn't direct it didn't directly factor into the climax. Man, it's a shame they can't get Keenan and Kel to sell us some Whataburger. <laughs> it. Oh no, this th- this end. fucking set piece. This fucking set piece is like 
they built a giant practical effects version of the mousetrap shit yes. from the board game. Yes. <laughs> it, it's unreal. Uh, this whole movie, I was just sitting there like, they made so many things. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but then we begin the action sequence. They're trying to save the kids. They're trying to save the kids. Uh, Fred sends Barney to save the kids while he's going to stop the machine. They can't stop the machine. Fred is like, I got to think. I got to think. I got to think. And then thinks of a dinosaur eating his mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, looks like, if I can get it, looks like oh, no. this. No. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> and he's like, no, wait. And then he remembers uh he, he remembers how he fucked up the, the model. Mm. So Fred puts a big rock in the catapult and launches it just as Barney, who 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 fucked up uh and failed to save the kids, is gonna get ground to dirt by this fucking machine. And it destroys it and saves the kids. Uh uh Vander Cave is trying to escape. Uh Sharon Stone. Uh, Halle Berry hits him in the back of the head with like a brick. Uh, then Fred also hits him with like a, a big stone that he throws like a bowling ball. And then as he tries to run away, uh, it's also good. Oh, he has a pistol, but it's a Flintstones pistol. So it's like a slingshot pistol. Yeah, it's, really it's got little rocks in it. It's got three barrels, mm -hmm. three rocks to sling. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's pretty clever. I think that's hilarious. I thought it had a second uh, row of three yeah, behind so the it's, first it's, it's a six-shooter, technically. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's perfect. So uh, he, he's trying to run away because he got hit. He lost the money, and uh, he got hit he, he got hit by Halle Berry, lost the money, and got hit by Fred's bowling ball. And then he hears police, and he's like, oh, fuck. He, I got to run. And then he runs, and then the machine produces a gray substance, which falls down onto him and turns him into a statue because it's concrete. Yeah. So so they have the resolution. Uh, Fred's like, it's going to be rough finding a new job. You know, Mr. Slate's not going to give me a good recommendation considering I blew up his entire quarry. <laughs> and then Barney's like, don't worry, Fred. I'm sure he realizes it's not your fault. And then Mr. Slate shows up, who is, this is the first time. No, this he's, he was also in the boardroom scene. Yeah. Mr. Slate shows up. It's like, Flintstone! He's like, what is this? And it's, it's fucking Vander Cave hardened into like a carbonite statue it's by concrete. So, it's yeah, so good. It's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. He, he's the fucking over he, he might bad. be dead by now. Who knows? Yeah, he probably wasn't dead for about 15 minutes, but then he was. <laughs> it's just like that stone in JoJo's part four. It's fine. <laughs> he stopped thinking. Uh, uh, Slate is super impressed. He's like, I'm going to name it after my daughter, Concretia, and the Stone Age is over. He's like, Fred, I'm going to make you the president of the new Concrete Division. And, Wil and Wilma makes a gesture like, no, we, we don't need to do this again. And Fred's like, uh, no, no I, I'm happy where I am, boss. Can, uh, can everybody have, can everybody have a vac get rehired, have a vacation, a wage, and a little packets of ketchup for the lunchroom? Because that's what Barney asks for the very, like, right before Fred goes into the office for the first time after being vice president it's like can you get us some little ketchup packets for the lunchroom so it pays off on that uh and then this kind of ends in the reverse way of the honeymooners where barney gets pissed at fred and chases him around because fred's like i'm gonna buy everybody breakfast snake and eggs i was like barney barney can i borrow some money for it because i don't have any money 
and Barney gets pissed and chases him around. And then we get the second half of the ending. <laughs> yes! Or not ending, but the opening of the Flintstones cartoon where uh, Fred goes to get, and they get the giant rack of ribs that tip the car <laughs> I can't over. can't believe that rack. And they, they go home and he gets, he gets locked out. He gets locked out by uh, the cat and screams, Wilma! And that's that's the end of the movie. And then we get credits, and top billing goes to Harvey Corman for Dick to Bird. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I was like, oh, that's good. That's real good. So, so that's the movie. We need to go into the segments. So we're gonna start off as always with best character. Uh Agro, you may go first yes! on best character. That means I get to pick the Dick to Bird. I hate yeah, you. God, yes, <laughs> easy pick. Harvey Corman's a legend. He's basically doing the Great Kazoo. He's the best part of this movie. He is easily. This movie would go down multiple points without him. It's so good. Every line he says is hilarious. Half of my notes, I think, are shit he said. <laughs> he is incredibly good, and, and I'm realizing that he's voiced by the Great Kazoo really elevates it. KZ. Uh, the fake Fred Flintstone from the TV program. <laughs> I'm embezzling. I'm, I'm an executive. I'm embezzling. embezzling. <laughs> Yabba dabba dabba. Uh, Dan? Um... I'm going to choose something that was skipped over entirely because I thought this was very funny. And instead of it being an individual character, it's a group, but you'll understand. The BC-52s. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Where they got yeah. the B-52s to just be cave stone, er, Flintstone versions of themselves. And they sing the, 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 the bedrock twitch. God, that song is and so bad. And what other song? It is hilarious. They have a whole dance number we didn't even talk about. Yes. And they literally perform it in the car at the start of the film, too. Just just to be clear about how deep this goes, they're just, it's it's just Rock Lobster. For anyone who doesn't know, like, the guy's doing the same voice. That's just how it sounds. Really good. I, I enjoyed the BC-52s immensely. <laughs> Bob. I'm going to give it to Barney. I, I think Rick Moranis really did elevate this role to an extent I didn't think was possible. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. He, he has, uh, every scene with him is great, especially when he's the uh, ice cone vendor. Yes, the oh ice cone. <laughs> Everything yeah. about, you know, why couldn't I get business like this normally? And the, the, there's the line from Fred we didn't even talk about where he's like, Barney, you came to save me? He's like, I just saw a crowd. I came to sell snow cones, right? <laughs> The end of the restaurant scene where we get to see Rick Moranis throw a flying spinning haymaker at Fred. Yes! <laughs> I guess I'll go last. I'm going to give it to uh, Cliff Vandercave. I thought he was delightful as the scumbag villain. Oh, yeah. He was like, it, it's, all, it's great when he's like, no, his plan is actually not that clever. <laughs> it's just direct and bold. Yes. And luckily and luckily everyone else is really stupid, which feels like how most crimes work out. <gasps> or it's like no, he, he's not a criminal mastermind. He just he, he's just a sociopath. <laughs> there's there's something wrong with his brain cuz like the final twist in his plan is like, yes, I'm going to take a shit ton of money and go live on a beach somewhere. Should I take Halle Berry as a willing accomplice? Mm, no. no, I think I'll screw her over for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, 
I'm sure there are hotter women than Halle Berry in whatever <laughs> well, well, fucking place I'm going to. Agro, Agro, Agro. He's he, he's rich. He's rich white executive. Obviously, he's racist. Oh, like, no. oh God. <laughs> They, they didn't include that in the text of the movie because it was just obvious. I, I thought this was a gay coding your villain thing, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that once, huh? But, uh, we're going to go to worst character now. Dan. Look. This is a hard one. A lot of people in this do fantastic performances. I can't complain about anyone, really, uh, even down to the level of, like, the, the monkey taking the test. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone does great. So instead, I'm going to choose on a different vector. I can't deal with Rosie O'Donnell as Betty. It, that, <laughs> ha- that laugh haunts me. <laughs> no human should get that close. It's just like, ugh, I didn't need to see that coming out of a flesh being. Uh. I feel like that was her entire audition right like they just (laughs) the camera is just front facing on her as she does the laugh at me and i'm just like "Mm, i can't that's a cartoon stop (laughs) uh let's see aggro uh wilma okay she is the worst character in this movie the the way she is written is awful she's not a character. She just does things in the story without rhyme or reason. One moment she's completely bland. One moment she's becoming horrible for no reason. And then has a sudden face turn and starts wrecking shit in her own house. She's completely inconsistent and just a tool to move the plot forward. I hate her in this film. (laughs) Understandable. She was going to be my other vote uh, for worst character, but I didn't know how to say other than I fucking hate her. (laughs) She's uh, completely joyless. I don't even like the performance of the actress. And yeah, you're right. The writing of the character is just rock bottom. Yeah, that is is, is one of the weaker points. (laughs) Aggro got it. Rock bottom. (laughs) (laughs) KZ. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, the already the worst character was picked. Wilma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilma's mom. <laughs> yeah, that's that. It's genetic at this point. Where I'm just, yes. I'm just like, you're the worst character, as in you're, you're the, the worst person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I rank you above even the bad guys. <laughs> She she's like really even even by sitcom mother-in-law standards she's really fucking bad. Yeah, she's like she's she's yeah. comically hateable. Oh, she's she's so over the top. She has ultimate shitty customer energy. Yes, that's that's why I'm glad she got eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> Definitely in, happened in, yeah. in his in his fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mine too. Uh I guess I'll go next. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Baby Puss, who is the uh, who is the saber toothed tiger, because because between between them and Dino, they look worse. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We don't mm-hmm. see him as much, so they don't they don't worry about it looking bad. They just do it, especially when it's sitting up in the car. Uh, it's like you're a nightmare every time you're on screen. Uh, Bob, I'm gonna give it to one I'm surprised wasn't mentioned at all. Uh, Wilma's dad. 
Yeah. Who apparently sacrificed her brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's, there's a whole line in there I wrote down uh, where where it's, uh, we sacrificed so much for you, Wilma. Think about all the sacrifices your dad did. That lamb, that sheep, your brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I missed that entirely. Moment. It was, I lost it. I'm just like, wait, what? You can't just throw that in there. Wow, the Flintstones really are boomers. Their parents <laughs> sold out the future for them. And some of their kids, apparently. Let's move on to positivity again with best scene. Bob, you can start us off with the best scene. Yes, I just did the, just shoot this immediately. Uh, the lynching scene. That's Damn immaculate. It. <laughs> it is. There are too many funny lines it in between is. all it's this no stuff funny. and everything else. Yeah, no, it's just nonstop. I'm like, uh, you can't do this movie. We're like an hour and a half in. You can't have your best scene now. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Uh, the the scene where, where Fred is like, I gotta think of something and just thinks of his mother-in-law being killed (laughs) because because he's at this point at this point barney has gone to try and save the children and has gotten like knocked unconscious and fallen onto the thing they're on so at this point it's like i have to save my best friend and our kids he's like i need to think of something mother-in-law dying there he goes (laughs) like wait no i need to i need to think of later later (laughs) aggro uh, so I, I had mentioned earlier that, that we got to see Rick Moranis throw a haymaker at Fred mm-hmm. and it was cleansing to the soul. But so for the best scene in the movie, for some reason, much like feel scene, this one just has this punch in the timing where when Wilma and Betty break into the office to get the dick to bird and it starts being uncooperative, Rosie O'Donnell just reach <laughs> over and starts choking the shit out it's of it. Really- Wilma's like, will you please help us? And the bird's like, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I appreciate the deep irony that he needs my help. And then Betty goes, Wilma, you need to calm down. And then just wrenches his neck without saying a word. (laughs) Like, this is a woman who has been raising a toddler with the strength of three grizzly bears. (laughs) She is not here to fuck around. Dan, <laughs> the, the 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 dramatic reenactment of the God crime. That's it. the funniest yeah, thing. Of course, that thing's so good. Yeah, I, I, of I, I, I tie that in the lynching for like first place because it's so funny. His fucking delivery. Of, I'm an executive. I'm, I'm investing. So good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get that clip and just quote insane rich people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> KZ. My favorites were stolen, so I guess I'll go for one of the mm. other one, other scenes that I thought was good. Uh, them taking the test. Mm-hmm. This It's got good bits. <laughs> There's a yes. lot of really good visual gags like throughout that entire thing. I think the monkey really puts it over the edge. I, I love the number two chisel. Yeah, bring out your number two chisels. <laughs> <laughs> like He's erasing something by like shoving dust back into the chisel. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! I appreciate the fact the dude giving the test to uh, Vandercave is—he's uh, just looking at a nudie mag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the stone nudie mag. <laughs> While they're just taking the test, he's just staring at that. And I'm like, oh my God! Also, uh, this isn't ever going to show up if I don't cover it now. 
how many times throughout the movie they they have a news article about Fred and they just showed the drawing of Fred as Flintstone? Yeah, from the that's really great. Yeah. As Fred. <laughs> so good. We're moving on to worst scene. I'll start. Uh, the, the the scene where Barney is is works at the gas station and has to wash the feet. <laughs> like that, 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 that. Like no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In, in 2022, that scene has been ruined by people like Dan Schneider. Oh, yeah. Greatest criminal of kids media. To have ever lived. So that's my pick. Uh, Bob. Uh, the scene where he Fred reaches into the garbage and spills his mouth. <laughs> it really yeah, upset me. Horrifying. It really did. It, you, it were, you were not having a good time. That was deeply horrifying. It's just like, oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Some Cronenberg shit. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, they even cover Fred's, like, arm and goo as he rips it out. And it's just like, oh, man, that's that's bad. But, Bob. Yeah, what's Counterpoint, up? when he pulls the, the fork up, he comes up to the sink level and he notices his watch is missing. Slaps the counter, goes, come on, give it up. And then it just belches and his watch flies up out of the sinkhole. Yeah, that was also bad. <laughs> no, that was fantastic. It was that funny, was but oh. <laughs> AZ? Uh, the scene where Wilma moves out with uh, with with the kid and Dino. Uh, because the, the, the script requires her to change how she feels all the time. And like the previous scene where Fred's like, I remember you were talking shit about how much you hate that they live here. And then suddenly she's, suddenly she's like, I can't believe you let them leave. Well, well, well what she really means, KZ, is how dare you fucking piss me off. Now I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of rolled my eyes of like, okay, I guess we're, I guess we're doing it. Aggro. So I feel like this is kind of a weird pick, but mm-hmm. the, the, the scene, like, really early in the movie where Fred and Barney are driving back from the quarry through bedrock in the neighborhood and we're getting all those establishing shots of people like out in the yard and their horrifying crustacean lawnmowers and playing basketball and whatever mm-hmm. because it's like this movie was made in 94 um and the whole time i was watching it i was blaming the adams family for the existence of this movie <laughs> uh like oh wow that worked we'll just try it with a bunch of other random shit like that and like this scene reads like that similar scene in Edward Scissorhands from 1990. Like that scene is Tim Burton-esque of like, oh, look look at this plastic facade on 90s suburban life with all the, the bright colors and the sunshine. And 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 when it's in a Tim Burton movie, it, it it's supposed to be like, look at this thin veneer over over real life. Isn't this horrifying plastic? And when you don't have the subtext. It, like I felt lost in fucking space. Like like this is a weird artifact of filmmaking, divorced from its context, that just exists as, as as a moment in time in visual media, and it made me feel weird and connected to history and aware. And I don't like feeling like that. I watch isekai anime. <laughs> I don't know. I like seeing all the weird practicals they made. So I clap. Yeah, yeah, oh right. yeah, no, all that shit is great. Oh my god, there's a whole theme park of shit in this movie. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's 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 insane that it wasn't just repurposed for something. Hey, maybe it was repurposed for the sequel they made a decade later. <laughs> Actually, I found out that wasn't a sequel. They compensated by having nobody to come back by making it a prequel. Oof. Nice. Oh. 
about how Fred and Fred and Wilma got together. So, oh man, I definitely they never have all different that. actors. Yeah. You've already lost me. Yeah, it's terrible. And uh, finally, ending us out is Dan. Okay, so you ever get that feeling where it's like, oh, they almost landed the ship. They almost landed the ship at the last second. There was a technical error and the jet fighter, the plane, the whatever, just tore apart. It did not land successfully. You know what that moment was for me? Mm. This isn't the whole scene. It is a micro slice of a scene. When they make Dino Conga, oh, when he oh does no. the conga line, that is horrifying. I did not want to see that. I feel like that's the worst looking thing with Dino. It is terrible. It will be stuck in my brain forever. <laughs> As an old woman has to leave a gap in between her and the person in front of her in the conga line and then gesture in midair like she has her hands on Dino's hips. It just, it is one of the most memorably bad looking scenes in this movie. Because honestly, overall, I, I really like this film in case that's not fucking obvious. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, now I'm, we're going to go around and get, use the cursed content scale of negative five to five, add them up in a... See what movie wins. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> what did you think of The Flintstones? Uh, this movie is better than Kid Me Remembered. What a surprise. Wow. Let's go, baby. <laughs> the writing is so sharp. I feel like my seven-year-old brain couldn't possibly understand the layers, such as the, have we found out why the guys in Pit 6's hair have been falling out? <laughs> There's so I was losing it during that. <laughs> I know. I was like, this was not the movie I expected to tune into. <laughs> this was delightful. This was exceptional. This is clearly top tier for cursed contents ever recorded. I'm giving it a five, baby. That's strong. Agro. This is my favorite kind of cartoon adaptation, the the speed racer school of adaptation, where, <laughs> where instead of taking things from the cartoon and making a live action movie, you make the most cartoonish fucking live action movie you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Overall, I I don't think this is like a great film, but every single piece of it is a treasure. So I'd give it a three. KZ, this is not cursed in the slightest. This was a uh, this was a joy. The amount of practical sets and props that they made were great. The comedy was incredibly on point. Every single actor is like really nailing it, uh, especially ones that just have to mimic those characters. And they did a really great job. This is a five. <laughs> Bob, yeah, this is one of the best things we've watched for this show ever. <laughs> yes, like, we. I'm used to just. Things that are almost okay, <laughs> being the high end, is that this was actually a funny movie with really great sets and a bunch of just surprisingly well done moments. Like they they achieve the the friendship angle with Barney and, and Fred very well, and I feel like they don't dip too hard into just stereotypical ways for the the breakup to happen. Yeah, it feels believable. It's great. It, uh, I'm giving this five. Hell, hell yeah. Flintstones and Versus. Let's go. Uh, I guess I'll also give this a five. It really does have a lot like thinking about it. There's just like there's so many parts where I'm like, wow, that's really funny. And every second the movie's running, there's something to look at. That it, it really can't be overstated how much shit they made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. Like the point. <sighs> Yeah, we you, watched the new Spider-Man right after this. And most of that <laughs> game, movie is blue screens. Yeah. Yes. It, 
it going from like one to the other was insane. It was whiplash for sure. Yeah. It's yeah, it's kind of stunning. If this movie was even made like five years later, it would have way more CG. It'd have way more CG. Like they they wouldn't make all those sets. No, I don't think. I have to assume that Steven Spielberg is just the biggest Flintstones fan in the world. It's like, no, we're doing this right. Because <laughs> he didn't direct, but he did produce. Right, he is the producer, produced. and clearly the reason it happened, he gaslit John Goodman into playing Fred. Yes! Thank <laughs> That's you! That's insane. It's, it's sad that we did not get a Jetsons version of this. <laughs> that would have been insane. It's okay, that, Bob. That maybe is we can, really sad. Maybe we can do that nowadays. No. And get, and get Ryan yeah. Gosling <laughs> to be <laughs> George. Yeah. That would be incredible! <laughs> <laughs> uh, also doing that thing we do where it's like what else did the director of this thing we liked work on uh, he directed fucking Jingle all the way <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah uh -huh. smart mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I can see that uh, and, and speaking of uh, continuing another cursed content tr trend of uh, all critics in the 90s were wrong and hated good movies 20 on Rotten Tomatoes 20 yeah whoa that's pretty dire yeah, I, was, I was going I, I looked at that beforehand what, what do you mean I remember this being reviled do you, do you do you think like the shitty cinema journalists from like the nineties were like this movie this movie is funny and has joy and has practical effects that look good but it's not art so it gets a two do you think like they were possessed by a force that moved to every game journalist in seventh gen yes <laughs> yes oh yes one hundred percent I've been noticing a strong correlation between nineties critics and seventh gen game journalists a lot. It's it's at a point where like and to be fair you end up in a similar situation right where it's people reviewing movies and it's just like some people can get really into the serious artfulness that could be accomplished with film so when they see a movie like this they're like this isn't a serious film it's wasting my time as a critic <laughs> so uh so Dan which one, what one <laughs> what a let me break down some maths the uh the average p score for the Honeymooners was negative 1.6. It got a negative 8 total <laughs> from the five of us. Oh, my God. The Flintstones average score was 4.6. It got a total of 23 points from us. I, I think it won by a little, you guys. I think it won by uh, 31 points. Dan, <laughs> Agro gave the lowest score on this movie, and his score alone beats out the entirety of the Honeymooners together. Yes. Yup. I, I was noticing that. I, I think this is... I'm glad we didn't watch this, and then the Honeymooners, I would have given the Honeymooners a lower score. <laughs> I would have given it a negative yeah, five easy. There, was, there was a moment where I'm just like, this is exactly like that scene in that, but better. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that movie had was John Leguizamo. It really helped it, for sure. There, yep. there are some funny moments in that, but this has way funnier writing. Yeah, this is like wall-to-wall. It's they they accomplished their goal for sure. No wonder it made four hundred and seventy six million or whatever. <laughs> I feel like the funniest thing that I've had to watch for content since this was that Courage uh, Scooby special. Yeah, where where I'm just like, you're just hitting. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, three hundred forty two million worldwide. Juicy. I, I still can't. Believe yeah, th th thank thankfully critics thank thankfully critics were ignored and this made a lot of money. Right. Uh. Fun fact, Hannah and Barbara were in this movie. Yes, they were. I mm. didn't go back to look at them. <laughs> I just saw them in the credits, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, I think Hannah was a boardroom executive, 
And uh, I think Barbera was like a rich guy driving a Mercedes, which is called a Mercedes. Yes. And- you gotta be fucking kidding me. One of the writers on this film, there are three writers credited. One of them is 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 the diehard writer. Like original diehard. <laughs> yes! Steven DeSouza! <laughs> you... <laughs> You gotta oh. be fucking kidding me! <laughs> he has he had like a really bizarre career. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, also the director of Street Fighter the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, of course, of course. And I think he wrote. I think he wrote the the Steven Seagal Judge Dredd movie or yes. Sylvester Stallone, not Steven. Seagal. Yes, yes, the and, uh, and Sylvester Jesus. Stallone one. Yeah, and I think the the second. Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie? Yes, I think that's right. Yes, what it a, is the what, second. What a tumultuous career. Yep. I can't. That's fucking hilarious. Anybody, anybody have uh, any final thoughts on the Flintstones 1994? Why can't we get theft like this anymore? I want just a pile of practicals. Yep. Uh, never. Never. Maybe when... <laughs> Never. Like I was gonna say, maybe when in trying to think of a situation <laughs> where uh, it's like, no, there's there's no hope. Maybe when post production company CG houses all get unions. Yeah, I was like, maybe that'll do it. There maybe when go. they all unionize. I keep sitting here. This is my fantasy. That's right. We have to fantasize about industries getting unions. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see that that even that won't help because they'll just move all of it offshore. Hmm. They'll have some. Everything will look a hundred times worse and it'll be like yeah every every single every single all cgi is now in southeast asia and china so we don't have to unionize and treat them badly there spider-man 5 mcu spider-man 5 cg cg will be done at one of those foxconn factories that have the suicide nets all around it oh no I never want to see the sequel to this. It is as much of a bummer conceptually as everything Field just said. Yes! <laughs> Maybe more. 